Greetings. This is Atma Boda. Today is Thursday, December 30th, 2021. The title of today's podcast is Proving Absolute Truth. I woke up very early this morning at like 3 a.m. for some strange reason. So I wrote this quite early, obviously. Beginning now. It is easily provable. The ultimate truth is any concept that removes limitation. As an example, limitless, immortal, all-pervading, and inevitable are all words that lack limitation. Same with timeless, pure, and glorious. Of course, that's just a small sample. There's many amazing words. And when, when I say these words lack limitation, of course, I don't mean it in the literal sense because words are, in fact, limiting. But the energy that infuses these words is limitless or has the potential to be limitless. And when we incorporate words like that as an aspiration of what you want to experience in your own life, you are aligning yourself with the highest truth. From a Western philosophical perspective, this can be traced to Plato's theory of forms. These are core ideals. They can be regarded logically as good. Therefore, we regard them as positive ideals. Thus, a positive person is more idealistic and closer to truth than a negative person. In this fashion is objective truth highly rational and easy to arrive at intellectually. Let me just stop there a moment and comment briefly on Plato's theory of forms. What we're talking about here are archetypes. And what does that mean? Well, the Socrates Plato archetypes, they have to do with the idea that anything that you can find in the biological world is an inferior copy of a more perfect form that is in a more heavenly realm, you might say. If you regard that as absolute truth or objective truth being the ultimate form of excellence, then everything that's closer to that ultimate truth is going to be a superior version of anything that you can experience here on earth. Let's give an example. Let's say there is a chair. Well, we have an idea of what a chair is. If I say the word chair, you can picture an image of a chair in your mind. And if you were a carpenter or inclined to such things, you could actually build a chair, copying that image that's in your mind and making it into a physical form. It may be argued that the chair that you have in your mind might be a better, more beautiful image than what you can actually have the skills to create into the physical. And on the same token, you can argue that from the absolute truth perspective, there is the most awesome version of any chair in existence in that place. And if you attune yourself 
to that highest place, you're going to get the best ideas and the best inspirations on how to design the best chair. So you can, so you can say that the closer you are to this absolute truth, the more inspirations you can get to improve whatever your area of expertise is about. If you're an artist and you attune yourself to this highest truth, you're able to get that inspiration for that next masterpiece. The same thing with music. If you can attune yourself to that highest truth, that's the birthplace of all the most amazing melodies or lyrics that you can imagine. Same thing as a writer. If you are looking for a great story, there are stories that exist on a higher realm. So the theory of forms from Socrates and Plato is the idea that everything in material reality is actually an inferior representation of something that's far superior to that on a higher plane of existence. So in other words, biological reality is almost like a corruption from one perspective because it is inferior. But from another perspective, you can say that biological reality is like an expression of these higher realms of existence. So earth at some point is going to be a more perfect representation of the absolute truth. Not saying that the earth isn't perfect right now, but let's just say that there's a lot of work to be done now because humans that <laughs> populate the planet, we can't exactly say that people are enlightened. In fact, we're far from enlightened right now. There's a lot of uh, ignorance and delusion among people. And that's partly why I'm doing this podcast and putting my writings out there is to help correct some of these delusions and at the very least inspire debate and um, a conversation about these topics. Let's continue. To reconcile all the opposites is what this person wrote. To reconcile opposites. And there is this illusion among spiritual people, that, which I think consider to be a misinformed perspective, that somehow being spiritual is about balancing the positive with the negative, the excellence with the mediocrity, the good with the bad, the light with the darkness. And so they're trying to straddle the fence between these two extremes. And people have mistakenly called this the middle way. And that's not what the Buddha was saying about the middle way. No, that he was talking about the middle way about external ideas you know, not asceticism and not overeating, but a middle way where you're not, you know, eating too little and you're not eating too much, but you're eating just the right amount. That makes sense from that context. He's not saying that you should abandon concepts of good and evil in favor of some middle neutral way. No, that's not what the Buddha intended at all. So that's a bastardization of the teachings because from the most enlightened perspective, you are on the side of truth, okay? Truth picks sides. Truth does not straddle the fence. Truth doesn't say good is bad, bad is good, or good and bad are equal. No, truth is a light. 
it shines its light in the darkness and darkness cannot exist in the presence of truth ignorance cannot exist in the presence of truth when you are aligning yourself with truth you are picking sides you're saying hey i am on the side of light i'm not on the side of darkness i'm i'm not on the side of ignorance i'm not on the side of weakness i'm on the side of strength i'm not on the losing side i'm on the winning side and there are those that are trying to claim that there is no winning there is no losing that some somehow we're all in this middle wash in between where you're not winning and you're not losing and you're just being mediocre i guess and which is just a complete misunderstanding and it's a harmful teaching of darkness because it's teaching you not to distinguish yourself not to rise above not to empower yourself but instead let your environment control you what they're teaching is by somehow uniting with these opposites that you are somehow becoming one with the universe when you're not you're becoming a pawn you're becoming a tool you're becoming easily manipulatable by not taking a stand by not choosing sides you have now become part of a passive receptive force that's getting bounced around by other people and other entities okay so this is a fundamental disagreement that um, this, this enlightened philosophy has with some non-dualists who have this philosophy, which is like nihilism, really, because their concept of a meaning to life is greatly flawed. In fact, many of them don't seem to have a deeper meaning or purpose to their life and regard life as meaningless. It says here, you believe opposites need to be reconciled or reconciled. I don't. I believe in being on the side of truth. I, I choose to be a light and not a darkness. I believe in having love and not desire. I believe it in inspiration and not depression. I believe in excellence and not mediocrity. For some reason, you want to straddle defense. And yeah, that's the point here is it's not about straddling the fence. And in fact, there's this push now to call positivity, toxic positivity. And I just find that so humorous. I had a good laugh uh, when I read the, a definition presented to me. In fact, I think it's so humorous. I want to go ahead and read what the official definition is of toxic positivity. Hold on. Okay, I'm just going to read here, toxic positivity. We define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Just like anything done in excess, when positivity is used to cover up or silence the human experience, it becomes toxic. By disallowing the existence of certain feelings, we fall into a state of denial and repressed emotions. The truth is, humans are flawed. We get jealous, 
angry, resentful, and greedy. Sometimes life can just flat out suck. By pretending that we are, quote, positive vibes all day, unquote, we deny the validity of a genuine human experience. And the reason why I think this is so hilarious is because they are defining what is a genuine human experience. They say that to be human requires that you have these ups and downs of life, that you must have angry moments. You must have sad moments. I guess from a psychological perspective, that that's desirable because if people were actually getting cured, then they wouldn't need psychologists or psychiatrists anymore, right? They want a business model with repeat customers, right? They don't want to lose their customers because then they lose the money that they're making. So I guess in that perspective, I can see why it would not be profitable to say that it's possible to be enlightened because that's kind of beyond what they're able to do, right? You can't go to university and become enlightened. They don't, they can't do that. They can't bestow that status to you at university. So anybody that's a psychologist or a psychiatrist automatically is going to be just a normal human. And, you know, no psychologist or psychiatrist wants to think that their client or their patient has somehow reached a superior psychological state than they have, right? So they claim that is denying the validity of a genuine human experience because humans are flawed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of what I'm about is to prove that humans don't have to be flawed. It's possible to get to that next level of human. In fact, not only is it possible, but it is inevitable. And that's what's so amazing. But yeah, I don't think psychologists and psychiatrists are so excited about that idea, many of them, because it goes against everything that they've studied in university and it goes against their business model. No psychologist or psychiatrist has ever cured anyone from anything, to the best of my knowledge. I mean, maybe they've helped somebody quit smoking, but aside from that, the whole business model is predicated upon repeat visits to your psychologist and your psychiatrist. And that makes me skeptical also about how the have this importance on reliving past trauma. And one thing I've learned is that when you relive past trauma, you're keeping that trauma fresh in your mind. And really, if you want to get rid of your past trauma, you want to purge those traumatic experiences from your life. And the best way to do that is through inspiration and new exciting experiences to replace them to replace the self-limiting beliefs with beliefs that are expanding you and are without limits. But again, the title of today's podcast is Proving the Absolute Truth. So how does what we've talked about prove the absolute truth? Well, basically, we've defined that absolute truth is something that removes the limits 
of your psyche, of your consciousness, and doesn't tell you that you are flawed, but tells you that there is a part of you that is not flawed, that's perfect. And that's the part of you that needs to be awakened. And that awakening can only happen if you choose to identify with that greater, more authentic part of you. When we remove self-limiting beliefs, what's an example of a self-limiting belief? What is not the absolute truth? A subjective truth would be a belief that you are weak, a belief that you are flawed. That's something that psychologists and psychiatrists, they want you to believe. They want you to believe that you're weak. They want you to believe that you're flawed, that you're a victim. Because victims make the best customers. They keep coming back for more. You're giving the authority to the psychiatrist or the psychologist, and you're making them be the expert in your life and not yourself. And you're taking away from your own personal responsibility. So when we talk about the absolute truth, we're talking about unlimited belief, something that is all pervasive. What does all pervasive mean? That means the absolute truth is already inside of you right now. You don't need to create it. It's already there. You just need to tap into it. But you're not going to be able to tap into it if you don't believe it's there. So these are absolute truths. What's another absolute truth? Timelessness. That means that it doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are in your physical body. There is a timeless spark of divinity inside of you. This unlimitlessness that you can tap into and you can identify with to identify with the best part of you that's what life is about and what's humorous too is some people they claim that absolute truth doesn't exist right well when you claim that an absolute doesn't exist what are you doing you're making an absolute statement with that statement you're saying that absolute truth doesn't exist so you're, but you're saying that an absolute that's an absolute so by saying that absolute truth doesn't exist, you've proclaimed that absolutes exist. So it's really hypocritical. It's like you can't answer no to that question. And it's actually a proof that absolute truth definitely does exist, just like Plato talked about with his theory of forms, these archetypes. And these archetypes are so powerful. They become a goal to strive for something to aspire towards to know that there is something more that there's an unlimitlessness that you can tap into and not only is it a wonderful idea but it's very very practical because it gives you energy it gives you motivation it gives you inspiration and it creates love in your life it makes you a torch a shining bright light out there in the world and it makes you somebody you don't lose your identity your identity is affirmed you're saying the universe wants to tell you that you are unique you are special there is an important purpose for your life and anybody else out there or any message out there that tells you differently don't listen to those voices because those voices don't have your best interest in at heart this is Atma Boda signing off, and you have a fantastic day until tomorrow. Bye-bye.